Okay, so very um, excited about today's class. It's a fascinating topic. Um, most of what we're going to learn about today is um, straight out of the Kutis Sichas, from the Rebbe Sichas in a number of places. Last screen share. Yes, I'm, I'm not, we'll go screen share soon. Um, okay. And uh, most of what we're going to say is from the Rebbe Sichas um, in a number of places, including um, one of the Sichas, which is under the project Lukutis Sichas for this week, um, which is the Hanukkah Sicha from volume 10 of the Kutesichas. So before we get into the text and to the screen share, I'm going to put a question out to the crowd. Is there anybody in person in the shul who wants to answer or anybody on Zoom? Why do we light the menorah? Why do we light the menorah on Hanukkah? Dan, you want to start? I assume it's recognition of the events of Hanukkah. The okay. events of Hanukkah. Okay, so... More you're alluding, so it's in recognition to the event of Hanukkah or to the events of Hanukkah. What 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 would event of Hanukkah refer to, and what does events of Hanukkah refer to? It would be the war with the Greeks. Okay. Reconquering of the temple, and it's rededication for its proper use. Okay, so you're saying that we light the menorah because of celebrating the recapturing of the temple and the reconsecrating it and starting again to use it for its proper use. Those and, are part, part of, and part of that has to do, of course, with the use of the menorah. So the menorah is the symbol of the successful rededication and the miracle that occurred, oh. the oil. Okay, very good. So I was wondering why that was missing. Right, I thought that the first thing you would say is because the miracle was that the oil burns for eight days, so um, so we light the menorah for eight days. But you're saying that in addition to that, you believe that we light the menorah also to recognize the other miracles of Hanukkah as well. Um, the few over the many, it's it's all listed. It's all listed in the prayer of Aladism, the few over the many, the weak over the mighty. And um, so we light the menorah to commemorate that. Why do you think we light the menorah to commemorate? What's the connection? Why do we light candles to commemorate the victory of a war? It's not the victory of the war. It's the expression of God over godliness, the okay. pious over the non-pious. It's a recognition that the Almighty One, blessed be He, allowed this to happen. Okay. And so in a miraculous way rather than a natural way. Okay. Okay. So... The menorah is one of these many miracles. Got it. So you're saying it's all about the miracles of... Well, what are we doing to commemorate the, victor, the miraculous victory of the war? Why is that... How is that alluded to in the menorah? Or, or are you saying that we're only commemorating the spiritual aspect of that? You wouldn't be able to light the menorah without the other victories and the other miracles. Amazing. The fact of the oil, the oil lasts in the eight days. All of these miracles are integrated into the festival of Hanukkah. Okay. So Dan is claiming that all of the miracles of Hanukkah are integrated together and they're all, um, they all find their expression in um, the miracle of the oil burning for eight days and in the kindling of the menorah. Um, which is a tremendously profound idea, and uh, we will elaborate on that approach to it towards the end of today's class. Um, <clears throat> one of the very important um, aspects of Hanukkah is the victory of the war, which can be seen um, and certainly, yeah, many do see it as being unrelated to the miracle of the oil. In other words, there was a there was a threat to the very existence of the Jewish nation. Um, and Alpi Teva, by way of the order of this world, they, the Jews didn't stand a chance. And there was a miraculous victory, like you said, of the few over the many. And as the question is posed by many, and uh, in Chassidus it's often quoted from the Mittler Rebbe's Mimer, um, why don't we find an explicit um, celebration of the victory of the war, just like we find by Purim and any other time 
as the famous, uh, you know, they tried to they tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. So why don't we find that when it comes to Hanukkah? But what I would like to start with today, but is presenting that actually um, the lighting of the menorah is both. And here we're going to share the screen, and we'll start off um, by looking at the Rambam. Okay. We're going to read these three halachas in the Rambam. Actually, we could read it from here. It might be easier. Um, or if we go here, let's just do the English here. Okay. In the era of the Second Temple, the Greek kingdom, this is this is um, the laws of Hanukkah, of Hanukkah chapter 3, but it's really chapter 1 of Hanukkah because chapters 1 and 2 are the laws of Purim and Megillah, and chapter 3 and 4 are the laws of Hanukkah. So this is where the Rambam introduces the whole concept of Hanukkah. In the era of the Second Temple, the Greek, temple, the Greek Kingdom issued decrees against the Jewish people, <coughs> attempting to nullify their faith and refusing to allow them to observe the Torah and its commandments. They extended their hands against their property and their daughters. They entered the sanctuary, wrought havoc within, and made the um, holy things impure, uh, the pure things impure. The Jews suffered great difficulties from them, for they oppressed them greatly, until the God of our ancestors had mercy upon them, delivered them from their hand and saved them. The sons of the Hashmanoim, the high priests overcame them, slew them and saved the Jews from their hand. They appointed a king from the priests and the sovereignty returned to Israel for more than 200 years until the destruction of the second temple. So section one of this parak, Halacha Aleph of this parak, talks about the terrible um, uh, threat that the Jews faced by the Greeks and how they miraculously overcame them. Section 2. When the Jews overcame their enemies and destroyed them, they entered the sanctuary. This was on the 25th day of Kislev, which, by the way, um, yeah, as they point out in the footnote here, that um, many authorities, including the Alter Rebbe, um, actually say that the victory happened on the 24th day of Kislev, and similar to Purim, we celebrate the day after the victory. Anyway, that's a side point. They could not find any pure oil in the sanctuary with the exception of a single um, cruise. It contained enough oil to burn for merely one day. They lit the arrangement of the candles from it for eight days. Arrangement of candles, there's a marocha, refers to the light of the menorah, until they could crush others and produce pure oil. Okay, so section two tells, um, um, recounts the miracle of the oil. Accordingly, um, literally, literally, the Hebrew words are mipnezeh, because of this, which this presumably refers to everything we've just said, both in Halacha Aleph and in Halacha Beis, because of this, the sages of that generation ordained that these eight days, which begin with the 25th of Kislev, should be commemorated to be days of happiness and praise of God. Candles should be lit in the evening at the entrance to the houses, and each and every one of these eight nights, on each and every one of these nights, to publicize and reveal the miracle. Again, let's read these words again, make sure we take all the words in because we're going to have to review them soon. They should be commemorated to be days of happiness and praise of God. Those are the two characteristics of Hanukkah, happiness and praise of God. And then he finishes off that these days are called Hanukkah, it's forbidden to eulogize and fasten them as the days of Purim. And lighting the candles on these days is a rabbinic mitzvah, like reading the Megillah. Okay, so from the Rambam, it's very clear that lighting the candles is commemorating, um, not just lighting the candles, but the entire notion of Hanukkah, and specifically lighting the candles, is commemorating two things. Commemorating Halacha Aleph, the victory over the Greeks and their oppression, and it's also commemorating the miracle of the oil. Now, I just want to get into a little bit more detail and um, places where we see this emphasis that the candles actually have a dual function. They're commemorating two aspects of um, the, the kindnesses that Hashem did to us. Um, another, play, uh, another place we see this is the famous question. It's known as the question of the Bishas of why do we have eight days of Hanukkah? If the miracle was only for seven days, 
why do we have eight days of Hanukkah, right? Because the oil was enough to burn for one day. So the miracle was only for seven days. And there are many, many answers given. I think there's a book that compiled over 600 answers to this question. But one of the famous answers is, no, is, is, is the answer of Rabbi Marinelli's Rebbe, the Me'iri. Um, and he says that the reason why the first day of Hanukkah is a miracle is because that celebrating the first day is celebrating the victory of the war. So Hanukkah day one celebrates the victory of the war. And Hanukkah's day, Hanukkah days two to seven, sorry, two to eight, um, commemorate the miracle of the oil. But yet, even according to the Me'iri, obviously, we light the menorah on the first day of Hanukkah. So clearly, the menorah is not merely or not only for commemorating the, the victory of the war. It's also um, it's also commemorating the, sorry, it's not only commemorating the miracle of the oil. It's also commemorating the victory of the war. Um, now... Another few places where we would see this is um, in the text of Hanera Salalu, which let's see if we have it over here. I think we do. No, we don't. Okay, in the text of Hanera Salalu that we say after we light the menorah, we finish off that we are lighting these candles, Lahodes Lahalal, Lahodes to thank, Lahalal, and to praise. Lashim Chagod to your great name, Al Nisacha for your miracles, Nisleisacha for your wonders, Al Nisacha and on your salvations. And the truth is we have the same three descriptions at the beginning. For the salvations, the miracles, and the wonders. Um, the rabbi actually discusses in one of the sikhs why the order of those three phrases changes from the beginning to the end of Hanir Salalu. Um, but what do those three things refer to? Miracles, wonders, and salvations. So um, we can we can analyze what, what exactly miracles and wonders refer to, but salvations seem would most obviously um, be a, a appropriate description, not for the miracle of the oil, because that wasn't a salvation, so to speak. The salvation refers to the salvation of the, the uh, over the Greek army, the victory over the Greek army. So while we're lighting the candles, even though the, again the obvious thing is you're lighting candles in day one, day two, day three, you go up every day one candle to commemorate the miracle. Um, of the oil, but we're also explicitly acknowledging for your salvation that Hashem saved us from the Greek army. So that's another place where we see this connection between lighting the menorah and um, the victory of the war. Um, another very interesting one um, is um, first of all, if we look here and then we look very closely at the at the words of the Rambam, he says, um, sorry, it's later on, it's in the next chapter, chapter four, in Halacha Yud Beis, he says, the mitzvah of kindling Hanukkah lamps is very dear, a person should be very careful in its observance to publicize the miracle, and thus increase our praise of God and our expression of thanks for the miracles which he wrought on our behalf. So the Rambam uses the plural of the word miracles here, which again, what are the plural of the miracles? One possible way of understanding it would be that he's talking not just to the, again, it can't be, there's only one, at Lechayra, there's only one miracle of the oil. If you're talking about miracle in, in the plural, then it has to also include the miracles of the war. Now, those paying extra close attention might notice that within this Rambam itself, there seems to be a little bit of a, um, if you would, a contradiction, because he says here to, to, to publicize the miracle, and then later he says to thank Hashem for the miracles, which perhaps we'll review, get back to that question in a moment. But from the fact that the Rambam uses the, word, the plural of the word miracles, um, it's evident that he holds that lighting of the menorah is also um, in commemoration of the victory of the war. Um, and finally... The Gemara says that Nashim We know that the general principle is that women are exempt from time-bound positive mitzvahs. So you would think that women should be exempt from the lighting the Hanukkah menorah. But the, the, the Gemara says that Hanukkah is an exception. Why? Because because women were also um, in in the nest of Hanukkah. We've discussed this concept in the past. There's two ways to understand what that means. Um, either it means that they were also saved by the miracle of Hanukkah um, because they um, 
because they were the, the entire Jewish nation was under threat, and the the entire keeping mitzvahs of the Jews were under threat, including the women. Their mitzvahs, their 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 their, their existence was also under threat. So they were also saved, and therefore that's what it means that they were also saved by Hanukkah. And therefore, even though it's time bound mitzvah. They um, do have to do it. An alternative explanation brought by Toysus, if I recall correctly, B'Shem Rebbein Shmuel, that, that not only were they also um, involved in the miracle, but actually they were a key element of the miracle because the miracle came about by a Jewish woman whose name was Yehudis, who um, tricked the um, Greek general and was able to in his confidence and bring him to a vulnerable situation and he, she was able to kill him. Be that as it may, which miracle are we talking about? Whichever interpretation of um, we're saying that the women were saved by the miracle of the victory of, 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 the, of, of the victory over the Greeks and therefore they also have to celebrate Hanukkah but we don't say therefore they also have to uh, save Al-Hanism or say Halal. We say therefore they have to light the menorah. Right, so clearly from this Gemara would be proof that lighting the menorah is actually in commemoration not just of the miracle of the oil, but also of the miracle of um, the victory over, over the Greeks, which despite Dan's what we call pshitos, I think uh, I think that that is a novelty. I don't think that would be obvious to, to, to most people that we're lighting the menorah not just for the miracle of the oils, but for the for the for the for also for the victory over the war, but well done there. Okay, now um, before we continue, so, so, so the, well, the next stage in this exercise. Oh, I'll actually just bring you one more. Um, I'll show you one more interesting diuk um, in the Rambam. If you look back at the Rambam we were looking at before, he says. Okay, so again, somewhat lost in translation. So let's look at the Hebrew here. He says, We light, on the days of Hanukkah, we light the candles uh, in the evenings on the, on the doors of the home, outside our homes, right? Now, the word the candles seems a little bit inappropriate. It's assuming that we have candles and it's telling you that the place to light them is outside. It would, would appear to be more appropriate to say we light candles outside. We light the candles outside assumes that you're already lighting candles, and I'm now telling you that the place to light those candles is outside. So it has been suggested, I saw this, this is not actually from this, I saw this suggested by Rabbi Kamenson, who's a Rosh Hashiva in Connecticut, I think, um, yeah, New Haven, Connecticut. And what he suggests is that actually these two aspects of the, of we light the menorah to celebrate the miracle of the victory of the war, and also for the miracle of the oil, relate to these two things that because that we find in general and we'll get back to this later where we see other places where lighting candles is a form of thanking Hashem for the miracle. I mean, it, it has been argued that even in Valhanism, at the end of the prayer of Valhanism, where we say, um, and they lit, um, where is it? Here. Then your children entered the shrine of your sanctuary, cleansed your temple and purified the sanctuary and kindled lights in your holy courtyards. These kindled lights in your holy courtyards is referring to candles that the Jews lit as part of thanksgiving to Hashem for the miracles. So we light candles on Hanukkah to thank Hashem for the miracle of the, of, of, of the victory of the war. And then there's an additional thing that because there was an additional miracle of the oil burning for eight days, that's why we take them. That's why we have the concept of presume nissa of publicizing the miracle again, because the miracle of the victory of the war was obvious for everyone to see. The miracle of the eight days only only those people who had the access to the temple they were able to see it. So that's why there's this concept which we call presume nissa. We want to go out of our way to publicize it, and that's why we light the candles outside. So based on that, he reads the Rambam as follows. We light candles. Hadlokas, if you go to the end, lighting candles on these days is a rabbinic mitzvah, like reading the Megillah on Purim, just like we read the Megillah on Purim to thank for the miracle of Purim. On Hanukkah, we light candles for the celebration of the war. But then we take those, we take the candles, those candles which you're going to light anyway, right? And we make sure to put them outside because that that publicizes the miracle. And then if we, after with this understanding, if we go back to um, 
the halacha we were looking at before in chapter 4, where we have this discrepancy between the Rambam using the singular and the plural of the word miracles, it all makes sense, because he says a person should be very careful in its observance to publicize the miracle. Right? When we're talking about publicizing it, the relevant point is the miracle in the singular referring to the miracle of the oil. But later he says, thus increase our praise of God and expression of thanks for the miracles. There we're talking Now we're talking about the notion in general of lighting candles, which um, refers to both. Anyway, summarize what we've covered so far. We've demonstrated from numerous places that the, that the lighting the menorah is um, a, a commemoration for both of the miracles. Now, if we are, and let's see if this is going to work on my computer here. If we are to take this Rambam that we have just learned, um, hold on. Let me make that another go. I'm making it a bit smaller so we should be able to see the whole thing on the screen here. And then if we are to put next to this Rambam the Gemara, um, which is obviously the source of the Rambam, let's see the Gemara. And hopefully we could pay close attention and see that there are a number of differences between the Rambam and the Gemara. The Gemara asks, the, the Gemara, so this is the Gemara over here, it's Gemara and Shabbos, and here we have the translation which I assume comes from Rabbi Steinsalt, so the bold is the literal translation, the not bold is um, just w words to string the phrases together. So the Gemara asks, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? Rashi says, my Hanukkah, al Look at here, Rashi, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? Meaning, for which miracle is Hanukkah established? The Gemara answers, the sages taught in Megillah Stanis on the 25th day of Kislev, the days of Hanukkah are eight. One may not eulogize on them and one may not fasten them. What's the reason? Because when the Greeks entered the sanctuary, they defiled all the oils that were in the sanctuary by touching them. And when the Hashminoim um, overcame them, they emerged victorious over them. They searched and found only one cruise of oil that was placed with the seal of the high priest, undisturbed by the Greeks. And there was sufficient oil there to light for the, uh, the menorah for only one day. But a miracle occurred and they lit the menorah for, from it for eight days. And the next year, the Chachamim instituted that those days and um, instituted those days and made them holidays with the recitation of Hallel and special thanksgiving. Period. Okay, so that's how the Gemara tells us what Hanukkah is all about. Now, let's um, go to the crowd and see what differences do you notice between the Rambam and the Gemara. David Yehuda, do you want to go first? What's the difference between the Rambam, those three halachas which we read in the Rambam over here, where he introduces um, what Hanukkah is all about, versus this paragraph in the Gemara? You're not sure. Anybody else want to guess? Reb Avram, Reb Bob, Reb Dan, Ari, Bill, anyone? Ariel? Any offers before I go? In any way? So Bill is asking, does the Gemara mention the war in any way? So that is the first <laughs> obvious difference between the Ramah. Now the Gemara does allude to the war, certainly. Um, but if you look at it carefully, you'll see the context is very different. The Gemara says, um, when the Greeks entered the sanctuary, they defiled all the oils, and when they became victorious, they only found one um, jug of oil. In other words, the Gemara mentions the war only parenthetically, by the way, and just as a reference, like we're telling you when this story happened, we're telling you the story of the oil. And as a reference to when it happened, we say when the Greeks entered the sanctuary, they defiled the oils. Right? But the, 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 the fact that there was a war and they were victorious and that that's part of this whole thing is completely absent from the Gemara. Whereas the Rambam, not only is it not absent, that's what he starts with. He starts with talking about the details of the war, which he doesn't get from the Gemara. Obviously, he has other sources for it. Uh, but he doesn't, you know, he talks about how terrible the war was and all these things that happened and how they overcame them. And then he says in Halacha Beis, number two, he talks about the miracle of the oil. And then he says accordingly, which as we noted before, refers to all of the above. All of this is included in accordingly. That's why we have Hanukkah, right? So where does the Rambam get that from? The Gemara doesn't seem to say, the Gemara says that we have Hanukkah and all these, you know, that's all to do with um, the miracle of the oil. Okay, that's the primary difference between the Rambam and the Gemara. Another 
another important difference between the Rambam and the Gemara is that when the Gemara says what Hanukkah is, so he said first over here it says that the Chachamim instituted them and made them days with the recitation of Hallel and Thanksgiving, which we'll see soon what that word Thanksgiving means. But those are the characteristics of Hanukkah, Hallel and Thanksgiving, and of course not eulogizing, right? And the Rambam, there's another word. The Rambam over here says that they were commemorated to be days of happiness and praise. So praise of God, that matches up with halal. The word halal means to praise. But this word happiness that the Rambam puts in is not found in the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't say anywhere that there was that, 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 the day, that Hanukkah are days of happiness. So where does the Rambam get that from? And what does it mean, practically speaking, that it's days of happiness? Of course, in halacha, everything has a, an exact meaning. Um, so, you know, if we say happiness, there's parameters to what that means. Sorry? Praise is halal. Right. So praise is halal, right? And then we also have this word in the Gemara, Thanksgiving, which is uh, not to be found, at least not in this part of the Rambam. Um, but... Um, but but um, it, it is found later, like we saw before. With, uh, um, yeah, was it there? I think it was there. Over here, the Rambam says Thanksgiving, no? Expression of thanks, yeah? For the miracle. So the Rambam does talk about Thanksgiving. Um, okay, so in order to understand this, We're going to sort of put all of this on hold. We'll learn another text and then we'll come back and hopefully everything will fall into place and we'll have a much better understanding of the Rambam's entire approach to um, Hanukkah. And then, time permitting, we'll also look into Rashi's approach to Hanukkah, which, as you'll see, is going to be much more in line with um, Dan Kulish's approach to Hanukkah. So, I'm going to read to you from the tour in the laws of Hanukkah. So it's in Torah Simon Tofresh Ayin, chapter 670. The Torah starts like this. My Hanukkah, sorry, just a moment here. So the Torah starts by basically quoting the Gemara almost verbatim. And he finishes off by saying like this. The Maram Mirotenberg, we've discussed it many times, one of the primary Ashkenazic authorities, he says, that the um, extensive, maybe, um, meals that we do on Hanukkah, so we have Hanukkah parties, those are optional. There, there's no mitzvah to have Hanukkah parties, people do it, that's fine, you know, not, not, nothing bad, but it's not a mitzvah to have a meal on Hanukkah. Because the days of Hanukkah were fixed, were established only as praise and thank, again, borrowing those words from the Gemara that we saw, to praise Hashem and to thank Hashem, but not for um Dining and banquets and 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 and, and, and simcha, no not for rejoicing. Um, the words mishta v'simcha um, should be that that sort of combination of those two words, mishta v'simcha, um, feasting and, and 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 rejoicing, should be familiar to us from Purim, where in the Megillah it's explicit that the days of Purim were established as yemei mishta v'simcha, days of feasting and celebrating. Now. One of the classic commentaries on the tour is the Bach. And he, he, he focuses on this piece of the tour and he says, I don't understand. Why? Why is Hanukkah different than Purim? Why is it that on Purim we celebrate for, with a Mishnah Vasimcha, with um, feasting and dining and rejoicing? And on Hanukkah, we, in other words, the Torah has just said that Hanukkah was not established in that way, so therefore you don't. The, the, the meals are optional. They're not, it's not a mitzvah to have meals. But the Bach says, 
Hagufakasha, why? Why did Chazal not make Hanukkah be that way? Says the Bach, it appears to me that on Purim, the primary decree was because they benefited from the Suda of, of, of Ahasuerus. In other words, um, they indulged in materially, physically, um, in, the, in, in the pleasures that Ahasuerus had to offer them. Well, and therefore it was decreed upon them to be annihilated that their bodies, their physical bodies, should be annihilated. And therefore, because there was a, a miracle of the a, a victory of the physical ex, uh, existence of the Jewish people, the bodies, therefore, um, um, they it was brought about by them fasting. We know that fasting is a big theme in the Megillah because that was sort of to undo uh, the physical pleasure they derived was sort of countered by the fasting that they endured. And therefore, it's celebrated by, again, a physical mode expressed in a physical way of feasting on um, food. No halal on Purim, as Gemara says, at least according to one opinion in the Gemara, is because the Megillah takes the place of halal, which according to that opinion, at least in theory, in other words, halal is appropriate on Purim, we just don't say, do, instead of saying Psalms 113 through, through 118, we say uh, the Megillah. Um, Whereas on Hanukkah, the primary decree was because they neglected their service of Hashem. So it was a spiritual thing. And therefore, the Greeks, like the Ramam talks about, um, made decrees against keeping of religion. And therefore, when we celebrate it, how do we celebrate a spiritual um, miracle, a spiritual victory, our spiritual salvation with a spiritual expression found in the burning of a candle and all the spirituality that goes with fire and candles and oil and all that good stuff. Um, and he goes on to say, however, that's just explaining um, the tour. However, halachically speaking, um, and he brings a number of sources um, that point to, and, and specifically the Marshal himself, the Yamshal Shloimeh, um, says this in the Rambam, that as we saw before, the Rambam explicitly says that Hanukkah are days of celebration, and the days of celebration, Simcha, um, uh, uh, when you say Simcha in Halacha, it means to eat meat, to eat a meal, to, to, to and, and possibly also eat meat, that's a separate discussion, whether Simcha has to include eating a fleshic meal, there's a discussion on Purim Gufa, the Rambam paskins that you have to eat meat on Purim, um, we, we certainly pass them that it's best to eat meat on Purim. I don't know if we pass them that as an absolute must. But certainly one is supposed to eat meat on Purim. But um, the upshot of it is that according to the Rambam, who explicitly says that the days of Purim are, the days of Hanukkah, sorry, are days of Simcha, that according to the Rambam, the meals that we have on Hanukkah, the Hanukkah parties would be not just optional, but an actual uh, mitzvah. I don't know if the Rambam, it's, I, I don't know. It, would the Rambam require a special Hanukkah meal on every day of the eight days or exactly what the parameters of those meals would be, but certainly celebrating in a quote physical way as we do on Purim um, would be on, on Hanukkah as well. It wouldn't be the same as Purim, there's no mitzvah to get drunk. On Purim there's a mitzvah to get drunk, it's, 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 it's different and certainly even according to the Rambam on Purim there was a stronger emphasis on the um, annihilation of the Jewish body. And on Hanukkah, it's about it's certainly uh, more than putting an emphasis on the Jewish soul. Um, but nevertheless, there is a celebration of Simcha on, on Hanukkah, according to the Rambam, of physical um, rejoicing. And so um, this brings us back to this Gemara, which we were looking at before. That, again... How does the Rambam understand this Gemara? There's no mention of Simcha over here, and where does the Rambam get it from? And so um, the Rabbi suggests as follows, that actually, when the Gemara uh, um, introduces this um, concept with the question, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? And we said, Rashi translates this word, what is Hanukkah, for which miracle was Hanukkah established? Um, the Rambam does not, the Rambam doesn't learn like Rashi. The Rambam says, no, the question by Hanukkah is not why was Hanukkah established. Why was Hanukkah established? Obviously, because there was a victory of the war. Because 
According to the Rambam, that is so obvious it need not be stated. The fact that there were Jewish people were in threat, that they were going to be annihilated by the Greeks, and they were going to be annihilated uh, physically and, and, and religiously. They were going to, what's the last name? Bitlu Dasam. The Greek issued decrees against the Jewish people attempt to, attempting to nullify their faith, right? So the fact that there was that victory of the, of the war it obviously calls for celebration for days of simcha, for days of rejoicing, of happiness, as the Rambam says. And the reason the Gemara doesn't mention that is because it's so obvious it goes without saying. When the Gemara says, my Hanukkah, the Gemara is asking another question. The Gemara is asking, why? The Gemara is asking, why do we say halal on Hanukkah? Just a moment. So in the Rambam's reading, the Gemara here is, my Hanukkah, we know why we're rejoicing on Hanukkah. But why were they specifically, why did they make the mitzvah of halal and hidah and Hanukkah? And just uh, to a little bit contradict what I said before, um, on Purim, we don't have halal. Now, according to one out of three answers in the Gemara, the Megillah takes the place of halal, but the other two opinions in the Gemara say, no, we're not going to say halal. According to one opinion, it's because it happened in Chutzlaretz, because but be that as it may, um, the Gemara is just addressing the question, why do we say halal on Hanukkah? And on that, the Gemara, the Gemara says the reason why we say halal specifically is because of the miracle of the oil. Okay? So, in the Rambam's books, why we celebrate Hanukkah sort of as a, generically? Obviously, for two reasons. Like we just started off with today, where we see all these references that according to the Rambam, it's very obvious that there's two reasons for lighting the menorah. And in general, there's two reasons for celebrating Hanukkah. The two are very interlinked. The two, in other words, the Rambam holds, just, just to, you, to bring this out, the Rambam holds that the halal is for the miracle of the oil. The being happy, the rejoicing is for the miracle of the victory of the war. And lighting the menorah is for both, right? But how many days do we have to be happy for? How many days are you may simcha? All eight days are you may simcha, days of happiness. Because once we have the victory of the war and we have the miracle of the oil, the two interlink and overlap. And as we'll see soon, according to Rashi, they are even deeper and strong. The, the, the overlap and the link between the two is even deeper and stronger to the extent that one fades into oblivion in the face of the other, as Dan was alluding to before. But according to the Rambam, there's two points, there's two, there's two things over here. There's the victory of the war, which calls for days of happiness. That the Gemara doesn't even need to say, it goes without saying. Possibly the Rambam has other sources for it in a Medrash or whatever it is, but the Gemara doesn't need to say it. Then there's another thing that we say, Halal, for um, the victory, the miracle of the oil. And like we said before, we light the menorah for both. Now, before we move on to Rashi, I just want to point out to one extra, we, we, meant, we noted before this word Thanksgiving. The Gemara says that Hanukkah is celebrated by Halal and Thanksgiving. Now, what does that word Thanksgiving mean? Sorry, Turkey. Um, uh, don't let my light for, hear you say that. Um, so, oh, exactly. Hoydo means to thank, and uh, and Turkey is Hoydo. Very good. Okay. Um, Bob, I didn't know your Hebrew was becoming so polished. <laughs> um, okay. Um, now, Rashi says, and for some reason on this source sheet, they um, did not quote this Rashi. Rashi says that the word Hoidah, Thanksgiving, refers to saying the prayer of al Hanisim. Now, that in and of itself is strange because al Hanisim doesn't talk about the miracle of the oil. It only talks about the miracle of the war, right? What do we say in al Hanisim? Right? There was the victory of the many over the few, and sorry, the few over the many, and the weak over the mat, right? There's no mention at all um, of the miracle of the oil. Some say it's alluded to in these words, they kindle the lights in your holy courtyards. As we said before, others say that kindle lights in your holy courtyards refers to lights that they um, lit as thanksgiving for the miracle, but there's certainly no explicit reference to the miracle of the oil. So when you say, um, that they made th that because of the miracle of the oil, they instituted Thanksgiving. It seems strange 
that that should be referring to Valanism, which is the claim that Rashi makes. But there are two other possibilities of what that word means, which would fit better with the Rambam. Number one, Thanksgiving could refer to Halal. Halal and Thanksgiving could be synonyms. Because in Halal, we have the words, right? Thank Hashem. So Halal and Hoidah, for praise, Halal, and Thanksgiving could be synonyms for saying Halal, which would explain why in this Halacha, the Rambam just says happiness and praise of God. He doesn't mention Thanksgiving because praise and Thanksgiving are synonyms. There's actually my friend, um, there's, there's a, there's, the, the Alt-Rebbe talks about this because we're learning in Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch the laws of saying Hashem's name in vain. So there's this whole discussion about, thank, well, are you allowed to say thank God, right? And the Alt-Rebbe has this whole discussion where there's a difference between thanking and blessing. Right, so we can get into a whole debate, but uh, but, but but let's just say that for the for, for this, the Rambam um, seems to he just says praise of God, and he doesn't say Thanksgiving because praise, hallow, Thanksgiving, it's synonymous. And as we saw in the next chapter over there, he says only Thanksgiving, and he doesn't say praise. Um, an, an alternative suggestion is, uh, where is it? Here he's talking, oh, an alternative suggestion is actually based on this halacha over here, where it says the mitzvah of kindling lamps on Hanukkah is very dear. A person should be very careful of his observance to publicize the miracle and thus increase our praise of God and our expression of thanks for the miracles. So here the Rambam says that lighting the menorah is a way of thanking Hashem for the miracles. And so perhaps, and this is again a suggestion from Rabbi Kalmanson, that the Rambam would say that the word thanksgiving in the Gemara um, refers to not the prayer of al but to the lighting of the candle. So halal, praise, refers to recitation of halal, and thanksgiving is either synonymous for halal or it means lighting the candles. Okay. Now, having... Um, so now let's move on to Rashi. Rashi holds that... The way he, Rashi reads the Gemara is that my Hanukkah means what is Hanukkah? What... what Again, these are the words of Rashi. For which miracle was Hanukkah established? So according to Rashi, the Gemara says, for which miracle was Hanukkah established? And what does the Gemara answer? Only the miracle of the oil. It doesn't make any mention, reference at all to the miracle of the, of the war. Right? So that's very strange. Why is that missing from, from the Gemara, according to Rashi? And Rashi and the Torah, like we saw, indeed hold that there is no miracle there, sorry, there is no mitzvah to celebrate, to be happy and joyous on Hanukkah. With the, 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 according to them, the Hanukkah parties are optional. They are not mitzvah. Why? Why is there not? Right? So we've already pointed out the Bach, the Levush. There's all these sources that associate um, partying, feast, with a physical victory and candles and that prayer and all that stuff with the spiritual victory. Okay, granted, but why? If, if so, why? why? Why would Rashi and the Torah and all the others who say that there's no mitzvah to have Hanukkah parties, why, why not? There was a physical victory. So why are we ignoring um, the physical victory and only talking about, in this Gemara, about the spiritual victory? Why has my microphone just changed? Should have been there all along. Anyway. Um, uh, so the truth is that everyone, the Rambam and Rashi, everyone agrees that the two are associated, that the spiritual and the physical victory over here the miracle of the oil, it's all connected. The question, the Rambam says it's all connected, but its two, there's also two things which warrant, so each one warrants its own attention. And according to Rashi and the Torah, everything is in the menorah. The miracle of the oil is um, expressive of everything that Hanukkah is all about. And the truth is, if we could borrow the words of the Rambam here in explaining Rashi, the Rambam says, What is the first thing they did? He introduces this, right? The Greek kingdom issued decrees against the Jewish people to nullify their faith, the Bitl Dasam. 
right? That's the first thing. The first thing the Greeks wanted to do was abolish Jewish faith. How'd they do that? Okay, then there's the details. They refused them to allow Torah observance. They attacked their property. They attacked their, attacked their daughters. They made decrees against Shabbos, against circumcision. Those are all, that's the strategy. But what's the, what's the sort of, uh, what's the goal? What are they trying to accomplish? That's the first thing. They're trying to accomplish nullifying their faith. The Rambam also agrees to that. This is the Rambam. But the way Rashi and the Torah see it is that actually all of this is um, to find finds its expression in the miracle of the menorah burning for eight days. Because once we understand that the Greeks' primary goal, this was their motto, let's nullify their faith. The Madras says, this quotes this all the time, that they said, I'm right on the horns of an ox, which I guess in modern terms would be right on, your, on the billboards. In other words, put on your bumper stickers on your cars. That you don't have a portion in the God of Israel. The Greeks' Hellenist campaign was against God, against spirituality. And like the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe often quoted this from the Friedrich Rebbe, that they didn't even mind that the Jews would keep mitzvahs per se. What really bothered them was the religion of the keeping mitzvahs, the spirituality, the fact that we say we keep mitzvahs even if we don't understand them. If you say, you know, this, oh, Shabbos is so meaningful to me, I get to disconnect from the world, and I turn off my phone and have family time. Cool, that's a nice value. We get that. The, the, the Greeks, they want us to be cultured, and the Greeks are cool with that. But if you say Shabbos is tough, and I'm alone, and it's corona, and I can't be in touch with my family, and I sit there and I get depressed, and I can't go to shul, and I can't do anything, but nevertheless, God just wants you to stay in bed the whole Shabbos and not turn on your phone and not drive and not be with friends and, 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 and thing. But because you're fulfilling the mitzvah of Hashem, that is of ultimate value, even when there's no personal meaning or identifying with it, that's something the Greeks couldn't tolerate. And, and that's why, of course, the strategy was don't do mitzvahs. But the point of it was, nullify their faith. First, we need to nullify their faith. The strategy is, is to nullify, is, is to target specific mitzvahs. And this is why if we look at the text of Al-Anissim, I'll point out to a number of things, whoops. No, no, what happened to that? Oh, it's the other window, sorry, hold on, here it is. Um, if we look at the text of Al-Anissim, what do we talk about? So a few things. First of all, it says, they want to make your people forget your Torah, to violate the decrees of your will. And we know in all mitzvahs are divided into specifically refers to the decrees to those mitzvahs which don't make any sense, which are not Paraduma, shatnas, you know, kosher, all the things which we don't necessarily have a reason for. Those are the things that the the, 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 the Greeks were bothered by. And again, the Rambam says they decreed against other things also. Mila, they decreed against everything. But that was the strategy. To that was the strategy. But the, the core of what their goal was was to violate the decrees of your will. And this found um, expression. In every part of the story. And if you look at the next section of Al-Hanissim, um, what do we say? For you and your abundant mercy stood by them in the time of their distress. You waged their battles, defended their rights, and avenged the wrong done to them. You delivered the mighty into the hands of the weak, the many into the hands of the few, the impure into the hands of the pure, the wicked into the hands of the righteous, and the wanton sinners into the hands of those who occupy themselves with Torah. Now again, we're talking here about the victory of a war. If you tell me that you delivered the mighty into the hands of the weak, Okay, that's miraculous. I get that. If you say you delivered the many into the hands of the few, that's miraculous. I get that. But why in talking about the victory of the war would we talk about the impure into the hands of the pure? Since when does 
you, the purity of the soldiers or the wicked and the righteousness of the soldiers have any role in the strategic planning of a battle and who's more likely or less likely to, 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 to be victorious. And of course, the answer is because that's the point. The point over here, the point of the war, yes, there was a war, and yes, it was a physical war, and there was a battlefield, and there was blood and bloodshed, and it was nasty. But the point of it was all this. This was the reason why they did it, the impure into the hands of the pure. What did the Yavanim do? They came and desecrated the temple, and then what they do? They find all the oil. They want, they want the Jews not to light the menorah. What would you expect them to do? You would expect them... Oh, you'd expect them to loot the place, to, to pour out the oil, to get every, to get rid of it, steal it, take it away. They don't, they leave the oil there. We don't mind if you light the menorah, but they made it impure. Why'd they make it impure? Because Tuma and Tara, spiritual, what we call, again, we use the words in English, purity and impurity, but there's, there's nothing... There's, no, there's nothing scientific about it. It's not like you could take the oil to a lab and see any difference between this oil and that oil. The oil is the same. It's God, the super-rational mitzvahs, which tell you that's the difference. If you tell the Greeks we want to light the menorah and this is such a beautiful symbolism and light and warmth and, you know, there's, there's so much meaning to be found in that. And we're not, we're not against that. Torah encourages us to find meaning and significance in mitzvahs. But we find significance and meaning in the mitzvahs based, built up on the foundation of a commitment to God and his Torah and his mitzvahs, which is beyond and sometimes even defies logic and meaning and rational and emotional and mental connection or whatever it, whatever it is. That's where the Greeks have a problem. And therefore they say, you want to light the menorah and you find meaning in it? That's beautiful. But don't tell me you need pure oil. And that's why they defiled the oil. And that's why when, according to Rashi, yes, of course, there was a victory of a war. But what was it all really about? It was really all about the neshama of a yid, the neshama of a Jew, the neshama of Judaism, the neshama, the, 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 the core, the soul of our connection with Hashem. And therefore, if you want to sort of wrap it up and summarize, what is this all about? This is all about lighting the menorah with pure olive oil in the temple. And that's why we commemorate it with lighting the menorah. So yes, even when we light the menorah, we have this illusion of Yeshua Yisachar, your salvations, which refers to the war. And we have all these illusions and we even have Al-Hanism, which only talks about the war, which is another discussion. But at the core of it is all about, that's, that, that's really what it's all about. And that's why there is no a celebration of days of rejoicing and feasting like we have in Purim. Because in Hanukkah, Yes, there was a threat to the Jewish physical survival, but that threat was a mere expression of the threat to their spiritual survival and Bechlal Masayimana, and that's why we only, uh, lighting the menorah um, does it, says it all according to Rashi. So, um, and uh, first of all, uh, let's take the message of Rashi and remember the importance of our connection with Hashem and his mitzvahs, even when we're not in the mood of it, and even when we don't identify with it. And as uh, Rabbi Ari likes to say, you're not in the mood of davening mincha, so what? Yes? And um, um, and then also, we also celebrate, like the Rambam, we also like to have um, gluten-free donuts and uh, um, rejoice and find meaning and personal meaning in all the mitzvahs that we do and in our relationship with Hashem. to all, happy Hanukkah. And it's interesting, I just thought of this right this second, that the, the <coughs> notwithstanding the fact that the Rashi and the Torah and all the classic authorities <coughs> pass that there's no mitzvah to rejoice on Hanukkah, the mitzvah is only to thank Hashem and praise Hashem and say halalam alanisim and like the menorah. But yet, minag Yisrael Torah, the classic classical greeting amongst all segments of the Jewish people. For Hanukkah is what? Rejoice and be happy on Hanukkah. Rejoice and be happy on Hanukkah to all.